This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. that we like to explore various conspiracy theories on this show, some of which are totally ludicrous by my own admission, others which I think have more than a kernel of truth. And uh, this week, or this month really, we've been taking a look at the 59th anniversary of the assassination of Malcolm X. And I've been talking with some people that have been following the story pretty closely, but I've been getting very engrossed in this because this story uh, last week took on a whole new resonance because now a former security guard of Malcolm X on the 59th anniversary of his assassination is revealing new details pointing to FDN, excuse me, FBI and NYPD complicity in Malcolm X's assassination. Benjamin Crump, who's probably one of the best-known civil rights attorneys in America, and Flint Taylor, who's also a very well-known civil rights attorney, they're working with the Shabazz family. They're calling on the mayor of New York City, a former cop himself, to support the release of key evidence in this case, to try and peel back the layers to, in their words, finally, after 59 years, get some measure of justice for Malcolm X's family. And it occurred to me, that my colleague that we generally start just about every show with, Dominic Carter, veteran broadcast journalist, has interviewed several members of the Shabazz family over the years and might have a thought or two about this. Dominic, good to see you. Good to see you, Mr. Morano. How are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing well. Thank you. What do you make of the whole Malcolm X thing and this latest 59 years after he was killed, this latest theory that says the NYPD and the FBI might have had something to do with his assassination? Well, I I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of this, but what I can tell you is I got the opportunity early on in my career to work with Dr. Betty Shabazz, his wife. Sure. And I never, I didn't have the nerve to ask her about this, but she was a very interesting woman to to be around. And the only thing I can tell you before I directly answer your mm-hmm. question is that this this family, his family, they have gone through enormous pain, enormous. It has not been it has not been great over the years uh, since then. Remember what uh, uh, Malcolm X's uh, widow Betty Shabazz. Her grandson was sent, yep. was sent upstate um, after he started a fire that led to the demise of his grandmother. They have not they have not lived well. But to to come full circle and to try and answer your question, what has been established at his uh, assassination, Malcolm X at the Audubon Ballroom in New York City, is that there was a poli- NYPD officer, uh, an informant that was near him when all of this happened. That's all that we know. We know, uh, I think it was two individuals that have done jail time, and more information continues to come out. 
I, I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of this. You know, one of the things, whenever we've talked about JFK or uh, some other theories uh, that were even the Lindbergh baby, which goes back even further, sometimes people will uh, ask the question, all right, what are we going to do now? If there was complicity on the part of government agencies or someone else, probably anybody that did play a role in doing this is gone. What's the point of digging up these these bones and upsetting people? Do you think it's worth pursuing this 59 years later, or uh, should we let I, sleeping I dogs lie? I, I don't. I say let sleeping dogs lie, but to the family, they will never rest. Sure. To his family, his daughters, they will never rest. They're all grown women, middle-aged women now. They, they will never rest until they get answers. And we don't know if they'll ever accept the answers, but until they get answers for for what happened. It's going to be very interesting to see where it goes. If people have thoughts, they can give me a call, 800-848-9222. Thank you, Dominic. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Love the haircut, man. <laughs> I got I to gotta go to your barber, Frank Morano. You're like, you're like a sexy dude, man. You know? Yes, thank you. I, I, I'm The less people see of me, the sexier I become, believe hey, me. in the cafeteria, you know we have cake, right? I, you, I saw you, that. You don't have to I, take that, right? Yeah, yeah there were... There- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that's the thing. So, am I going to be am I going to be lambasted? Are there going to be press releases going out? Are there going to yes. be people staging protests if I have yes. a slice of this communal cake in yes. the in the cafeteria? Marano took the cake. Exactly. Marano took the cake. <laughs> have a great morning. See you later, my friend. 800-848-9222. I'm curious uh, what you make of these latest allegations involving Involving uh, Malcolm X, his assassination, and any complicity with respect to the NYPD. However, there is another story uh, completely different that I think is potentially very momentous. And that is Apple is apparently scrapping its whole electric car project. See, Dominic left his cup in here. Okay. The guy that wants to make fun of me for, you know, for taking food out of the refrigerator, is leaving his trash for me to pick up. Again, I've uh, done it with his tea before, done it with any variety of things. He has me coming to his house later to clean up a little bit so that, uh, you know, because because he feels very at home here. So anyway, uh, Apple is scrapping its electric car project, and obviously Elon Musk, who is a big shot in the electric car sector with Tesla, and yes, it is Tesla, that's how Elon Musk pronounces it, and people ask, why do you say France when uh, when that's not how it's pronounced? Yes, it is, because that's how people in France pronounce it. Why do you say the car as Tesla when it was named for Nikola Tesla? It's Tesla because the guy who invented the car says Tesla. So when Musk says Tesla, it's Tesla. It's his vehicle. You know, it just it makes me laugh. You know, it's like um, you coming up to me and saying, oh, your name's not Murano. It's Moreno. Okay, thank you. Yes, you know better, but it's uh, <laughs> it's it's not that. All right. Well, anyway, um, it is really interesting. Apple is a company that time and again has been right on the money they have been all over it when it comes to uh the ipod the ipad every device you can imagine apple has had a remarkable ability to see trends and to be even in a post steve jobs world not as much but uh, but certainly uh, sufficiently enough 
to see where the world is going. And the fact that Apple is scrapping their electric car uh, project, it has me wondering, is this the beginning of a new era when it comes to electric cars? We saw how big of an issue this was when it came to the GM strike. A lot of the GM workers were not happy about all these electric vehicle mandates. They didn't feel like the car companies were going to be able to make money. And so far, nobody, no company, including Tesla, has been able to make money without all of the very generous credits for the government. So Apple is killing its electric car project. And as reported by Yahoo, Elon Musk is here to deliver a eulogy. He did a fair amount of mocking about this on Twitter. So Apple is pulling the plug on this decade-long electric car project. Bloomberg reported yesterday, citing people familiar with the matter, and in response to this... Musk posted a saluting face and a cigarette emoji. (laughs) And then he added, the natural state of a car company is dead. A lot of employees involved in this car project are set to be moved to the company's AI division. But there could be layoffs among Apple's engineers and car designers. The iPhone maker, the iPod maker, the iPad maker, the Macintosh maker has been working on this electric car since 2014, but the vehicle has been plagued by leadership changes and launch delays. Now, Musk is no stranger to the difficulties of producing an electric vehicle himself. He has battled funding shortages, production setbacks to get his cars made. And even though Apple is a trillion-dollar tech company, Musk said in 2015 that he wasn't threatened by its interest in the electric car market, and it looks like he was right. So my question for you is, what does this mean? Is this an indication that maybe the electric car boom is slowing a little bit? Or is this an indication that the AI sphere is so big and so huge that Apple wants its slice of the pie, the Apple pie, when it comes to AI. What do you think? Why is Apple doing this? Because when you got, they have money. They have money to hire the best designers, the best manufacturers, the best marketers, and they're choosing to pull the plug on this. Do you think it's a reflection that they know people don't want to buy these electric cars, including the Apple? Or is there something else here? Having to do with AI or anything else. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Al is in Yonkers. Hey there, Al. Good morning, Frank. You know, Frank, I remember like it was yesterday, but it was so many uh, decades ago when uh, Betty Shabazz, uh, her untimely death, uh, you know, it, it occurred in Yonkers. She did live in Yonkers on the other side of town from me. So I do remember that uh, vividly, the tragic event. But I wanted to say in regards to Malcolm X, I think what brought about his uh, assassination uh, was divisions within the nation of Islam. Uh, I think to say uh, the government was involved, uh, I I don't know, you know, see the proof for that. But I I think it was definitely had to do with the, the jealousy 
and the rival rivalry with which in the nation of Islam. Well, so far, the only proof really is this 81 year old security guard who says Malcolm X was uh, totally reliant upon his protection is he said the NYPD basically detained him and arrested him for no reason. And he believes that's because they wanted to, you know, they wanted to um, leave Malcolm X unprotected. So both things could be true. You could have had these divisions within the nation of Islam. In fact, we know there were because even people like Louis Farrakhan have been implemented in saying things and maybe even doing things that might have contributed to the anti-Malcolm X feelings. But you could have also had people within the government, and I'm not saying this is the case, but this is what they're saying. You could have also had people within the government that wanted him killed. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. All right, Al, thank you. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. As is always the case with anything involving Benjamin Crump, there is a lawsuit involved, and uh, I'm sure they're suing for a lot of money. So we'll see where that goes. 800-848-9222. Simon is in Brooklyn. Hello, Simon. Yeah, Frankie, I'm, I'm hearing talking about Apple. Um, yeah, they brought, they're not going to do electric car, but... On CNBC yesterday, they were talking about Rivian or Lucid. They might be a candidate to be bought out by Apple because to, to create a whole electric car is very difficult. And but, Rivian is I, mean, what I, I don't understand why they would scrap it after working for 10 years if they were just going to buy another electric car company. That's, that's kind of what I don't get. And I, I, I think there is a chance that Apple may realize that maybe people don't want to buy electric cars. I think electric cars, if God forbid something happens, you know, oil could go up to two, three hundred dollars a gallon. Anything could happen. And then I think electric cars are going to stay. I stay it's, it's the future. So it might be a little slower, but I think it's going to be there because anyone I speak to who drives a Tesla or Rivian, they love it. Oh, no. Me, me too. Me too. I, I hear I have not heard yeah. about the Rivian, but I have heard about the Tesla. So you think this this decision by Apple, if what Bloomberg is reporting is correct, it's just a function of they wanting to partner with another electric car company. You think that's what this is about? You have three of them, Fixer, Fisker, you have Rivian, and Lucid. But Rivian, I think, is, is the best candidate. That's why the stock went up today. And people, that's what the talk is about. All right. create a whole electric car as a fortune. Simon, it sounds like your, uh, your non-electric car is making some noise. I'll let you tend to it. You know what the other interesting aspect of this is that I didn't mention? is uh, this car was going to be one of these self-driving cars. Uh, Not solely self-driving. I think you had the option to either steer yourself or put it into self-drive mode. Could this have been connected to these incidents that we've been talking about of they realize that there's not going to be a market for self-driving cars. These self-driving cars keep getting into accidents. And so maybe they're not going to continue to invest this amount of money in creating these self-driving cars. This was a very secretive product that had been in the works for a decade, and now they're pulling the plug on it. I honestly don't know of any other instance in Apple's history, and it's not as if I'm an expert in uh, Apple's um, you know, R&D division, but I don't know of a, a single instance in Apple's 40-plus year history where they spent a decade trying to develop and preparing to unleash a product and then just said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. So to me, there's something going on here.
I don't know what the something is, and I'm curious what your thought is. Uh, Simon's thought of they're just merging with another electric car maker, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. You got a trillion-dollar company. If you wanted to be in the electric car business, if you've been working on it for 10 years, you're going to keep being in it. They are doing this for some sort of strategic reason. It could be as simple as all hands on deck. AI is where the money is. AI is where the technology is. We're going to be well positioned to be on AI. Could be that. That's it. Could be the failures of the self-driving vehicles, or it could be they realize that people don't want to buy electric cars, or it could be something else entirely. What do you think? 800-848-9222. Charlie's in Hell's Kitchen. Hey there, Charlie. Hey there, Frank. The reason why I think uh, Apple's getting out of electric cars as well they should is because this electric car stuff, this is a, a government edict, government agencies, government rules and regulations, particularly this administration, the Biden administration, which is forcing this down people's throats. People don't want to drive a record electric cars there's nothing wrong with a gasoline power engine this seems to me like part of the continuing war on fossil fuel and and people just don't want to drive electric cars the the charging well i mean that's been borne out right i mean what you're saying has been borne out people don't want to buy them you go to any of these car lots there are plenty of electric cars in stock and unless oil goes to 180 dollars a barrel i think that's likely to be the case for the time being so is that why you think Apple is pulling the plug? Are they pulling the plug because they don't want they see that the public doesn't want these vehicles? That right, that and I believe that they realize that these cars aren't ready for prime time yet. The technology's just not there. And as I was saying, this government, the Joe Biden administration, is forcing this down people's throats. Some of the states like California. Uh, New York and New Jersey have said that they want by 2035 all electric cars in the room. Well, you can't just snap your fingers and, and you know, we can't just force people to do stuff and force people to do the technologies that there. This seems like the government is driving this engine, and it's not the people. It's not indigenous from the bottom up. You can ask all the callers who call right. in after me and ask them, do they want to get rid of their gasoline-powered engine. Now, do they want to go to electric car? And you can invite John Katsimatidis on as, you know, the ultimate Oh, oh no, I, I've heard his commentary about it. Yeah. Oh, no, he knows his stuff uh, on this. And, and, and as I said, um, this was an issue with the GM the auto worker strike as well. Yes, I remember that as well. And that wouldn't have been resolved except for, I, I believe, the unions were pressured, union leadership were pressured by the Biden administration to settle a strike because the longer it was going on, it was making the president look bad. And I believe the union leadership once again sold out their own membership, the right and file. And that's why so many people who work on the automobile lines back and support President Trump, as I do for president, because while union leadership may be an appendage of the Democratic Party, Certainly the people who work on the line, who work on the assembly lines, they certainly don't feel that way. And, and uh, that that's what I want to point out. I, I think much of this is the Biden administration trying to shove this down the American people's throats. And we're just not ready to accept it. We don't want to accept it. Many of us view 
the gasoline powered engine as as part of the freedom that would you know came with the interstate driving system and mm-hmm. people would drive to work. You know, we sure. we rejected carpooling too. Carpooling was one of these suggestions that the government mastermind wanted us to do and people don't want to do carpooling. Well, I don't know. I I don't think that's the same, Charlie. First of all, I I do think there are plenty of people that carpool, but I think, um, you know, they kind of carpool organically. and, And thanks for the call. Electric vehicles are different. I mean, it's a consumer choice that people just aren't making. And I I think that might be part of the reason that Apple's making this decision to end their gamble or end their bet on the electric car game. What do you think? 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Celebrate Leap Day than with one of the greatest leap related songs of all time, Jumpin' Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones. It's got to be one of the best songs about jumping or leaping that has ever been written or recorded. And it's certainly appropriate that, um, you know, uh, that Mick Jagger wears war paint in the video. Because uh, he was a warrior. He certainly was musically. Still is. Still is. They're still recording new music. They're still performing. It's certainly an um, you know, incredible thing to watch him defy aging. Something that none of the rest of us seem to be able to do. Hey, yesterday we spent a fair amount of time talking about the plan for surge pricing, a.k.a. dynamic pricing, when it comes to Wendy's. We spoke about it with Tom Likas. We spoke about it with Noam Layden. And really, all three of us basically came to the same conclusion. What's the big deal? Why are people up in arms over this? People were up in arms, and now... After a day, 
Wendy's has walked back potential plans to introduce surge pricing. The fast food chain had previously said it would begin testing dynamic pricing next year, a strategy used by, you know, these e-ride hailing apps, airlines, other businesses to boost prices at times of high demand. But after an Internet backlash, the company said its statement was misconstrued. Oh, please. It was not misconstrued. They're doing the same thing everybody else does. They're bowing to the Twitter mafia. This is it. This is ridiculous. Misconstrued. They said their new digital menu boards would simply, quote, give us more flexibility to change the display of featured items. That's a quote. Is that a big problem at a lot of fast food restaurants? A lack of flexibility? Is that the problem? They can't change things fast enough? My goodness. Surge pricing is unpopular with a lot of customers. A lot of customers don't like unexpected price hikes. Customers might be more receptive if men Wendy's offered lower prices at times of low demand. That's what I was talking about with Gnome, and that's what it sounded like they were going to do. And that's what a lot of bars and restaurants do. They call it happy hour. At the time that, the time that nobody's in there, you lower your prices and encourage people to go in there time when a lot of people want to go in there prices are a little more expensive so wendy's has backed down so those of you that were up in arms over the drama of surge pricing at wendy's you can relax you can relax i don't know if that is where uh, tony atwood had his romantic birthday dinner but uh tony atwood is back tony how was your your night off your morning it, it, off? it was fine um it wasn't a romantic dinner uh, she surprised me and uh, took me to the knicks game the other night uh, oh um skybox seats oh that's something yes yes um i was telling elias and matt she told me to meet her at 34th street and i'm like okay i thought we were gonna go to a little mom and pop restaurant in that area and as we were walking towards the garden I'm like what are we doing and she pulled out two tickets from her purse so I'm like oh okay and then skybox seats and the Knicks are playing uh, pretty well did they win when you went no unfortunately they lost cuz on um, several key players were, were injured so but it I enjoyed the game you know in the skybox seats you know I, I was not ex- expecting that at all well that that's fun that's fun i mean not as fun as the three or four cakes and uh Five weeks worth of planning we've done to celebrate your birthday today, but uh, fun nonetheless. It's yes. good to have you back. Thank you. you. Hey, I know sometimes it can be difficult when you have a night off when you when you're normally used to working inverse hours when you're you normally nocturnal and you get a sudden night off in the middle of the week and you're basically normal for a day and then you go back to being nocturnal it can be difficult to readjust how are you doing uh, with that rubber band effect I, i'm okay now but um yesterday morning i woke up around 3 3 30 yeah in See, the that's, morning that's yeah what you know so that's what happens. it is what it is it is indeed 800-848-9222 k is in the boogie down bronx hi k well, I didn't expect to be on so soon. Well, well I can put Middle you East back on hold and talk more if you no, want. No, no, that's want. okay. But, no, that is, that is perfectly okay. Now, the reason why um, people are not buying these EV battery vehicles, it's a myriad of reasons. One, some people know, a lot of people don't, that <clears throat> when you sit in these EV b- vehicles, they emit radiation. 
Well, so let's say you ha- want to take a drive down to North Carolina or Florida to sit eight, eight, nineteen. What, what is it like? Thirteen hour drive down in, in on a vehicle that is emitting radiation. They say is equivalent to standing in front of a an X ray machine. That's very dangerous. Is that true? Do they really say it's that it's that bad? The radiation that you're exposed to. That's what I, I've read. People can check on that. Really? Another wow, reason, I had no idea. Yeah. I will look into that. Wow. Yes. Another reason is because they say this is green energy, but you they, they are going to places like Africa and using child labor to mine the lithium and what is it, copper and 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 nickel and what other, other products go into making an EV vehicle. So there is no... Um, they're, they're, they're strip. They, they have to mountain strip. They have to, you know, steal, take these these um, chemicals, that, uh, nutrients, whatever, out of the ground to make this. And they're using child labor. Another reason is. Do you think? Let me ask you though, Kate. Let, let me ask you though, Kate. Do you think consumers mm-hmm. actually think of that when they make the decision not to buy an electric vehicle? Do you really think they think, well, they're using child labor to make this car, so I'm going to hold off on buying it? Yes. Really? Okay. And, and also, a lot of people aren't, don't know. They believe this farce about the green, uh, green energy that it doesn't, you know. Well, but then um, I feel like you're saying two. I feel like you're saying two different things. Uh, on the one hand, you're saying part of the reason uh, they they're not buying them is because uh, they know it's made by child labor, and then on the other hand, you're saying they just don't know. So which is it? Are they not buying it because of the child labor, or yeah. are they buying it out of ignorance? What I'm, I'm saying is 100% of the people, n- not they, some don't know, a certain percentage don't know it's made by child labor, and some do. Some do know it um, that um, it's not good for the environment, and some don't realize this. You know, it's a, a percentage. Yeah. Not everybody knows. Yeah. And also, it's very difficult to put out fires. Oh, that's the for sure. Oh, yeah. It could take two, three hours to put out the fires on these vehicles. Uh, the other thing is, and this is a, a factor in not only transporting them, but if you're in an accident with one, is they're a lot heavier than your standard vehicle, and that also leads to a lot more wear and tear on the roads. And, uh, you know, if you live in an area like we do, where there's already a ton of potholes, all of a sudden, if you dramatically increase the tonnage of these vehicles, I, I, uh, you know, I don't want to see what that looks like. Kay, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm beating up on EVs, though. I I think, you know, as I said, my friend has a Tesla. I know several people with Teslas. They love them. They love them. And I think there's a lot of strong cases to be made for either a fully electric vehicle or a uh, a hybrid. I remember in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy when I was waiting in line at a gas station for two and a half hours and sometimes uh, cars were running out of gas at the gas station, I thought I said to myself and my girlfriend at the time, I said, my next car is going to be a hybrid because I'm not doing this the next time there's a, a hurricane. Now, obviously, you know, you make different changes and different choices at different aspects of your life. And, you know, as someone that's run out of gas, not once, not twice, but thrice, thrice, no, four times, four times. I, um, it's nice not to be able to run out of gas, but electric vehicle, you could run out of the charge. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people don't want to buy them because there's not charging stations everywhere. Um, the, the other thing is, 
the uh, a point in favor of an electric vehicle is if you don't like living in an area where you and your children have to breathe the air where a lot of these cars are sitting in traffic, I'm thinking of certain areas in the Bronx, for instance, then the electric vehicle is a much better thing because if there's all sorts of electric vehicles that are stuck in traffic, you're not breathing the exhaust from those vehicles. It's great if you don't want to breathe the air. My problem is um, that so much of the EV mania seems not exactly driven because so many people want these cars. It seems to be driven because of government mandates and things like that. And uh, that I don't like. And I certainly, but really, I'm not making a case for or against EVs. I'm wondering if Apple sees something that the rest of us don't see, and that's why they're scrapping this. And I don't have an answer for that. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Another issue that we have talked about, I have to thank uh, the great Ellen of the Facebook group for sending me this article, is microplastics. Microplastics. Now, I was just telling my brother-in-law Jared about this. My brother-in-law Jared, who probably drinks even more than I do, who pilfered my scotch recently, I was saying, look, the one thing you can't do is drink from a plastic bottle. You got to do away with a plastic bottle. Now, I still drink from plastic bottles occasionally, but I am concerned about microplastics in our water and microplastics in our body. Well, there was an interesting article uh, published in the uh, environmental in environmental research letters that says there is a simple way to do away with microplastics in your water. You know what it is? It's shockingly simple, frighteningly simple. If you took a caveman and asked him, how do you do away with microplastics in your water? He would probably come up with the same thing. If you're worried about plastic pollution in your tap water, try boiling it. They say that boiling tap water can destroy at least 80% of three of the most common plastic compounds that can be found in your water. So that's good news. This means drinking tap water that's been boiled, something that is commonly done in East Asian kitchens already might be a safer bet than drinking bottled water. So rather than spend all this money on bottled water, the better thing to do might be just pour it out of the sink into a pot and boil it. Columbia researchers found last month that bottled water can contain up to a quarter million fragments of nanoplastics per liter. I don't know how much that is, but it sounds like a lot. Quarter million nanoplastics. So the researchers looked at the impact of boiling on three compounds that have been found in water. And because these compounds don't fully break down, they ultimately fragment into nanoplastics the approximate size of a virus. So they're tiny, very, very tiny. And it makes them the ideal size to wreak havoc on our cells and in our cells. And to cross through all sorts of key protective filters like the intestinal lining and the blood-brain barrier. I mean, think about that. How disgusting is that? You think you're drinking a bottle of water. You think of it as doing something kind of healthy. But you're putting plastic in your body. 
potentially in the lining of your intestines and in your brain. Of the tested compounds, the most concerning is polystyrene, which can inflame the intestine and may kill red blood cells. The others are uh, largely believed to be safe, although they don't know. The endocrinologists say that the methodology for determining whether plastics are safe has some very serious flaws. In the study, scientists put these three plastic compounds into hard water, which is a common type of uh, fresh water that contains high levels of calcium, carbonate, and magnesium. And those compounds are characteristic of groundwater that's pulled from cavities in underground limestone deposits. And when the plastic containing water was boiled, these calcium carbonates formed tiny clumps around most of the microscopic plastics, trapping them within and rendering them harmless. So this simple boiling water strategy can decontaminate nanoplastics and microplastics from household tap water. And it has the potential for harmlessly alleviating human consumption of these nanoplastics and microplastics through water consumption. I'm going to start doing this. You know, we have a, um, a Brita water filter that we generally drink from. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, and I'm not joking about this. Before we put the water into the Brita water filter, I'm going to boil it first. I'm going to boil it first and then put it into the Brita water filter. Now, the Brita water filter is plastic, so maybe I'm putting microplastics back into it by putting into the, in the Brita water filter. I don't know. You can't win. You can't win. This plastic is out to get you. It's like the, the 21st century version of the blob, which I hear they're remaking, by the way. Instead of just this giant blob of goo that is devouring us all, and you got to beware of the blob because it uh, leaps and creeps. Happy uh, Leap Day, everybody. And uh, slides and glides across the wall. You got to beware of plastic. Microplastics specifically. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Jerry is in New Jersey. Hi, Jerry. Yeah, hi. Um, you know, Frank, there's another thing on the electric cars. So petroleum-based products, if they get in the air and the water, will cause cancer also if you ingest it. Uh, and your tires, if you notice, they're very thick and heavy on these electric cars, and there's a reason for that. The torque is so high on the electric car that it emits five times, roughly, the amount of petroleum-based waste product dust into the air and into the water coming off those tires. So all your tires on all your regular cars admit this, but they only admit it at like a 10 or 20% rate of the high torque of an electric car is what some studies have shown. So that's not good. So you'd have millions of cars given off, like it would, instead of you have 300 million cars, it's like you have suddenly a billion and three quarter cars given off this petroleum dust that gets in the water and in the air from the tires alone. That's just one little factor. That sounds terrible. Yeah, that's one thing. Now, that lady was right when she was talking about radiation. So do you know there's never been a study, because it's unethical to intentionally give people radiation, you can give people some of the worst drugs in the world and test them on it, but on radiation, there's never been any studies where they've used people and they've intentionally radiated them to see what a long-range effect of it would be, because they know it's bad because it's cumulative and it's deadly. So you can't 
get rid of and dissipate radiation. It's a cumulative effect. Now, what she was saying about the car, I don't think it was that high, but she might be right. But I did hear this, that the arc of the car, the steel arc, makes it even worse when you're sitting in that car. It's about a 20-hour drive to Florida, I think, from New Jersey, not uh, 13. So more realistically, it's probably 20-plus hours, for example. Mm -hmm. But also, this is to give you an idea. It is this. The lithium battery is 3, 000, like 3,500 cell phone batteries power underneath you in that car, and I, all you have is like seats. That's not very good. Oof. I don't like that sound of that at all. Jerry, uh, so is that what you think the reason Apple pulled the plug on this is? I think they did because all car dealers are losing money everywhere really bad. And so are the manufacturers. When you take away the subsidies, people think the subsidy is small. That subsidy is huge. It's huge. Billions of dollars all around the world. And even if you look, everything is failing Windmills are failing all across in Europe. They're failing terribly in the United States. Solar panels have been a bust before, and they're still a bust. Only China is way ahead of everybody because they can just plan their economy and go gung-ho on everything and just force everybody to do everything, and they don't have oil. So they have the materials, though, for the solar panels, and they control 80-plus percent of that. They have the materials for the windmills. They control 80-plus percent of that, and they have no oil. And they have a situation where they can do what they need to do, so they're going to become the new Middle East if we go down this stupid road, and they're going to become the new Detroit, while the rest of us are going to become very, very poor. Jerry, very poor. hey, thanks for the call. Very comprehensive. I appreciate that. You know, that radiation issue that he brought up and that Kay in the Bronx brought up, that is scary. I mean, and, and you know, I don't know that it's something that I've considered before. But that is scary. You know, we've talked a little bit about the radiation when it comes to mobile phones, and I find that concerning. And if what he's saying is true, now I'm sure there are companies, the car companies that uh, sell these cars, they're going to say they have all sorts of shielding. But uh, who knows? Who knows? I certainly don't. Uh, But uh, I find that incredibly unreassuring. I will tell you that. Uh, I'll tell you what also I find completely unreassuring. And those of you that saw the Facebook Live video that I did yesterday might have heard me talk about this already. In, you know, my son, who's two years old, he's in preschool now, but it's basically daycare. I mean, it's basically an educational daycare. And that ends in June. So both my wife and I work, and we're trying to figure out what to do for childcare come the summer. I mean, you want to talk about a sticker shock? Take a look at some of these prices for a summer camp. It's really it's really a mini camp. It's really just daycare during the summer. It's the exact same thing he's doing now. It is, in some cases, for a shorter day and fewer days of the week, double what we're paying. Double what we're paying. So it is uh, a rough situation in terms of uh, how to pay for summer camp. I realize everyone that's ha- that has a child is in the same boat, so uh, nothing is unique to me about this. But uh, it is a uh, it is a tough nut to crack. Boy, oh boy! So um, if you want to, I've been doing seven days in a row of these Facebook Live videos. So if you want to see any of these videos that I'm doing every day, just go to facebook.com/slash Morano Fan, like the page. 
and then you can adjust your settings uh, if you click the follow button to automatically be notified whenever I go live. Tomorrow, or today actually, will be day six of that. And uh, the other thing that I mentioned is tonight there's a presidential debate of some of the third-party candidates, and I'd like to be there. I was invited to go, and I'm thinking, do I want to go? Or should I just stay home and watch it on TV? If I go, I probably have to leave my house for Manhattan about four hours earlier than I normally would. And I then don't get to put my son to bed, probably don't get to work out, and maybe don't get to do the proper amount of show prep. But am I missing an opportunity to connect with some of the candidates if I don't end up going? So... I don't know. I'm leaning more towards not going and just watching it online. But I I do get concerned that maybe I am just turning down too many things these days. Maybe, you know, again, I turned down the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm just in a mode. And I always try to remember that William Shatner advice of always saying yes. Maybe I'm not doing enough of that. Right. Uh, But uh, on the other hand, uh, I don't know. I I don't want to get burned out. So. If there's a, an opportunity to watch this debate home, does it make sense for me to go? That's that's what I'm wrestling with. And at this point, I'm 60-40 in favor of just watching at home. So that's where I am now. We'll see where we are by this time tomorrow. I'm going to try and get some of the candidates that are going to that debate tomorrow to come on this show. I've been trying to get Dr. Jill Stein on this show. I've been trying to get Cornell West on this show. And I think they're both going to be there uh, tonight. So I'm hoping that maybe I can grab one of them after the debate and say, hey, why don't you come down to the uh, to the radio program? All right. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. Every day she takes a morning bath, she wets her hair. Wraps a doll around her as she's heading for the bedroom chair. It's just another day. Slipping into stockings, stepping into shoes, dipping in the pocket of her raincoat. The office where the papers grow, she takes a break Drinks another coffee and she finds it hard to stay awake It's just another day Well, it might be just another day, but it's not another day. You better enjoy this day. This day is special. This day comes around once every four years. It's February 29th. I want to wish my friends Rich and Danielle Hoffman, who I married four years ago today, a happy first anniversary. So uh, congratulations to them. 
and uh, everyone else that is celebrating a birthday or an anniversary today. By the way, if it is your birthday today on Leap Day, we will put you to the front of the line so you won't have to wait on hold very long if you call 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. If you have not yet done so, please be sure to check out the latest edition of the Racket Report. My guest is Mary Spacuza. Mary Spacuza is an investigative journalist with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel whose cousin was murdered back in the 1970s. And she did this piece, this investigative piece, trying to figure out why her uh, husband, excuse me, cousin was killed and why and who killed him. And it led to this whole uncovering of a mob mystery. Uh, all about the influence of the mob in Milwaukee. And apparently uh, there was quite a history, particularly in Milwaukee's Third Ward. Educate us a little bit. Uh, What did you learn, for instance, about the significance of the Third Ward? Okay, so I grew up hearing very G-rated stories of the Third Ward. And the Third Ward is... um, an amazing neighborhood in Milwaukee that lines that it's right along downtown. It's just like on the South end of downtown and it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. I heard stories growing up about grandpa Spakusa, um, who my, my uncle and, and others in my family used to call the banana King and others would say like, are you related to the banana King? And I was like, yes. Um, so he came from Sicily and uh, like many Sicilians got into the produce vending business and started with a push cart and would walk around the city selling fruits and vegetables and then worked his way up to a horse and wagon. I think his horse was named Dick and they would walk around and then he worked up to getting trucks and then expanded from there. And he had a cousin who was also a Spacuza in the fruit, who's in the fruit business as well. And um, it was like almost a 24 seven operation. It's a really interesting uh, interview, and I hope you check it out. You can go to redapplepodcastnetwork.com, just search The Racket Report, or search The Racket Report on any podcast app, and uh, it comes right up. Hit the subscribe button. I'd certainly appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review on iTunes and a nice, you know, nice little written review as well. That'll help more people discover the podcast. I've also uh, tweeted the link at uh, Frank Morano on Twitter and put it on uh, Facebook, so there's a lot of ways to hear it. All you have to do is take the time to listen to it. This is one you're absolutely going to want to listen to. All right. Uh, I will continue with your calls at 800-848-9222. Any idea why we celebrate Leap Day? Anyone? Anyone? We'll get into it. Until then, in the words of the great Bob Barker, help control the pet population, get your dog or cat spayed or neutered. 